0: Hey, welcome back to Pitching on Hockey. This is Chris, and today is co host Sebastian. Hello, hello. And you notice we're just a goalie to goon that have taken one too many pucks or fists at and do not claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch,
1: read, and talk about hockey. So, how's it going, Seabass? Pretty good. We just uh, wrapped up our preseason here. I played a very good St. Andrews College team with 41 commits on it, and we were able to out wow. to a 5 3. And honestly, we were in the game the whole time. A couple. Uh, a couple of mistakes by us kind of cost us the game there. And then uh, we played Richmond's Who's in our league, but uh, a different conference, so we won't play them this year. So we lost the game 3-1 at home. Again, just kind of our own mistakes, kind of lost the game. And then uh, bounced back last night, or yesterday actually afternoon, for a big uh, 6 nothing win where all the guys are really kind of bought into what we're doing and, and contributing. So uh, tomorrow's my first regular season practice, so I'm pretty excited. Uh, how you doing?
0: I'm doing all right. Still just getting used to myself, getting set up here. I, I feel like my, my left knee is... Not cooperating yet. Again, I don't know what I did to aggravate it, but just in time for me just to jump on the ice and and jump onto the field for Aussie rules. And my knee's like, you know what? Maybe not. So a little bit frustrated. But, um, you know, such is life. It sucks. But, uh, uh, dude, I'm telling you, it's rough. So if I'm correct, you said that your first regular season practice is tomorrow. So does this mean the EOJHL season starts back up this week?
1: Yeah, actually, uh, this weekend, I think Friday night's the opener, but I I believe it's just in the other conference, and then uh, Saturday, it's pretty well wide open. So we play Saturday against Perth uh, at home at 8pm, and then we go on the road uh, for Athens, I believe it's a 2 or 3 o'clock start on the Sunday, so uh, life as I know it uh, is officially done, and uh, my life (laughs) as hockey has started yay and oh <laughs> but, but hey life of a coach right exactly exactly i, I won't complain about it i mean ton of fun we got a really special group this year lots of lots of good, good kids so hopefully everything works out and uh you know we're able to to gel as a team quickly and, and get on a roll here
0: awesome and uh, yeah i look forward i should be able to actually watch that the early start and i won't be able to catch the 8 p.m game that's like four in the morning here but that two o'clock <laughs> game
1: easy peasy Oh, exactly and it'll be it'll be a good battle I like the early season games because you know no team really knows anything really much about the other team other than the film that you know you're able to get but uh it's 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 interesting to uh, to get that feel out process, and you can tell the guys are kind of a little bit on edge sometimes. But uh, I think our guys feel comfortable who they are, and uh, hopefully we're just gonna hit the gas, and uh, that's that's something I've been really working on the guys. Uh, Gas meaning you know give a crap with with another word obviously, but uh, hopefully our guys are hitting the gas, and we're just gonna jump to an early start, and you know hopefully come out with a two win weekend. But hey, obviously we always want to win, right? Absolutely. You always want to
0: win. And like you said, teams feeling each other out at the beginning of the season for a lot of leagues all across the world. And we're finally going to be able to, on this podcast, break into the USPHL Mountain Division analysis, uh, something we've been looking forward to doing. I've been able to watch all the games in the Mountain Division so far. And I'm excited to jump into that. But first, we're actually going to start this podcast off with a quick recap of a few NHL and USPHL games that occurred this weekend. So I figure let's start in the NHL. Yeah, here we go. All right. The Northeast Generals hosted the Johnstown Tomahawks for a weekend set and walked away with two commanding wins. Friday night's game was officially the Northeast Generals' home opener and home fans went home happy. With the Generals taking this one 5-1, to one, goal contributions came from Gordon, Freeberg, Kakorin, Marnaz, and Kiefer, and the Lone Tomahawks goal scored by Jake Black. Now, Saturday night's game was closer than the score appeared, as the game was tied at 3-3 just halfway through the third period. But then a quick pair of goals by the Generals, and ultimately, they walked away with this one 6-3. to three. The Tomahawks' goals were scored by Black, Matusek, and Ramsey. And General's goal contributions included Zezima, Boxar, Kiefer, Gordon, and a pair of goals by Scott. And Limestand stood strong in net, stopping 34-37.
1: Yeah, it's, it's always good to, you know, open your home stint with a couple wins like that. So I'm sure the generals are very happy with how that weekend went.
0: Yeah, because it doesn't always go that way, and that takes us into the USPHL. The Rum River Mallards had an excellent weekend last weekend, and they were back in action this weekend hosting their home opener on Saturday night against the Steel County Blades. Unfortunately, the game wasn't available on hockey TV for some reason. It just flashed me with a giant yellow unavailable, so I don't know what that was about. So I didn't actually get to see the game. But based off of Twitter, it was not the home opener the Rum River Mallards were hoping for as they fall 7-1
1: to the Steel County Blades. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's obviously the opposite feeling of the generals, right? You just, you never want to come out and play flat. And, I mean, obviously I can't, no, I don't know if they've played flat. Like you said, the games weren't available. That game wasn't available. So you couldn't see, but obviously the score, one team came out a little stronger than the other. So, but you know, Run River put on a very good showing away last weekend. So I, I have no, I have like, I have no doubts they're going to bounce back and they'll get a lot of home wins this season.
0: It's a long season. It's a long season. So that said, the Ogden Mustangs were yet another team to be hosting their home opener this weekend on Friday night, and they also named their captains for the season. Diesel, Daniel Falzer, my fellow Western New York native, earned the A on his chest. And friend of the podcast, our first ever player interviewee and all-around hip check expert, the Waconia Wizard himself, Jack Jones, earned the C, and it looked good on his chest. And I will say, with that Pigeonhole Hockey podcast represented well under his 2-6 on the back... On behalf of Ben, Steven Seabass, we are all stoked and proud to be represented by number two six, Captain Jack, this season.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, when you approached me and we talked about this, uh, well, probably early in the summer is when, you know, this kind of first came up. And obviously we were, we were excited to, to be on the back of Jack's jersey. Jack's, you know, such a great kid and. And does all the right things, like, you know, the things that we believe in the podcast, right? Play the right way, you know, lead within the room, lead on the ice, like, do as I, you know, kind of do as I do not, you know, do as I say, but do as I do as well. You know, he's a class act, funny guy, great guy. So, you know, when, when I finally got that, uh, that text you sent me with Jack with a C on his chest, I don't think any of us were surprised, but was super happy for him.
0: Yeah, I don't think any of us were surprised. I know Ben texted me back going, that's awesome and not surprising. And Steve replied back the same, basically amongst the same thing, you know, different words. But yeah, we we're all not surprised yet very excited for Jack and, and well-earned. And like you said, he has to earn it still in the locker room and every single time he steps on the ice. So wearing the C and the A comes with responsibilities. But Mustangs did disappoint in their home opener as they took down the Noko Eagles 5-2. to The Mustangs' goal contributions came from Falzer, Herrera, Boldway, and a pair of goals from Shmakov. And the Eagles' goals came from Southern and Jeremy Jr. Landers. Between the pipes for the Eagles, Barbeau and Hagelin combined to stop 41 of 46. And for the Mustangs, Tarantino and Stripling combined to stop 31 of 33. I did want to talk about one highlight in that game on Friday night between the Mustangs and the Eagles. And uh, it, it won't be thrilling for the Mustangs fans, but the Eagles fans will like this. So an Ogden forward, I won't name him, enters Ozone. And the defender, Bailey Freifogel, throws a clean and solid hip check, sending the Ogden forward head over heels. Now, the forward was just fine. But man, what a
1: hit! Yeah, that I mean, if you're gonna look up hip check in the dictionary, again, sorry to say this, but it's true. That's exactly what you'd see right there. That was textbook hip check, clean. I mean, just a clean hard hit, and you know that's good old hockey. And I think you know, if you're the guy taking that hit, obviously you're a little embarrassed at the start, but you know it just gets you fired up. That okay, here we go.
0: Yeah, he's a t- he's a tough kid, and uh, that didn't phase him at all. But uh, he definitely went airborne, and that was a great, great hip check by Fryfogle. Now. The Eagles continued their Utah road trip by heading south to Salt Lake City area to take on the Utah Outliers on Saturday night for the Outliers home opener. And the Outliers took this game to the delight of their packed crowd by a score of 4-1, with goal contributions coming from Cressman, William Schwab, and Ertis. The lone goal by the Eagles to spoil the shutout attempt for the Italian netminder for was scored by Phineas Weston. Now, Pinoco wrapped up their Utah road trip by heading even farther south to Provo to take on the Riverblades and were able to end their road trip on a high note, defeating the Riverblades 5-0, with goal scores including Braun, Moore, Nevick, Little Fryfogle, and Fortin. And we'd be amiss not to shout out a shutout, so congratulations to charles Anthony Barbeau, the 19-year-old from St. Remy, Quebec, who was able to get his first shutout of the season despite the fact that his team allowed a breakaway with less than five seconds remaining in the game. So the kid
1: earned it. Yeah, I mean, nothing like uh, making you work for that shutout. It's something you never want to see, no matter how much time is in the period. Obviously, a probably a little defensive breakdown, and I'm sure the guys are going to look at that on film, and they're going to adjust. But uh, like you said, he earned it. I mean, he had to.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I was watching that game live. Again, it was another great start. It was 2.05, I think, Mountain Standard time. And when I saw, with a few seconds left, the breakaway coming, I'm like, I couldn't scream because it's still like one o'clock in the morning here. And I, my wife would have killed me, but the goal inside me all internal was screaming and what a save. Honestly, Barbeau came up big and totally earned that win and that shutout. out. So congrats, big congrats to Barbeau. Now we're going to move into the mountain division analysis of the USPHL. We were hoping to do this bit sooner, but uh, Utah and Provo were keeping their rosters close hold until the games actually launched for
1: them. So, we're finally getting around to our analysis, and we hope you enjoy it. Yeah, and maybe they're keeping it, you know, for whatever reason, right? Maybe the roster wasn't quite set yet, and they're waiting for other players to come down forever or move up from wherever. So, But here we are. I mean, we're ready to go.
0: It's definitely going to be noticeable in the first two teams we discuss, who I think are still building out their rosters, but I, I'm only grading them based off of what they have and maybe some of the big needs they have. So they're... The need of getting a couple more players, and again, there's a lot of USPHL teams and and teams all over North America right now still trying to fill out their rosters. So, I'm kind of grading them where they're at. And so, we're going to start in Provo with the River Blades. Now, this team is still trying to fill out the roster, they still need a couple D men. I think they're only, I think they only have four at the moment, and they need multiple offensemen as well. Uh, So, because of their needs. I got to rate them where they're at as the season has started. And I believe they only have two returnees from last season, though. That's a bit rough.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's not, not really the ideal way you want to build your roster. Obviously, you want to keep a you know, a good core round to to keep up your culture and, you know, kind of rebuild with the new guys and how things are going to move forward. And, you know, you have some vets that can kind of help the new guys in the league kind of get used to the schedule or the practice times or even just getting around the rink or the the town, the city, wherever you play. You know, it's always nice. But, you know, at the same time, the double-edged sword on that is you're getting a lot of young talent. You know, they're excited to play. And, uh, you know, you're building a brand-new culture from the bottom up. And you you could surprise some people and have a good run this year. But, if you don't and you keep a good core, you know, you're you're just that much stronger years forward.
0: Yeah, and, and Provo's. This is only their second season. I mean, they were, they, and their inaugural season was uh, twenty 2020, twenty 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 one, and they did not come out of the gates well at all. They were just, they were just being beat up. But I believe what the commentator said, and we all knew it in the Mountain Division. I just didn't know it was that strong.
1: is the second half of the season. They only lost one game. They were the team nobody wanted to face. That's that's impressive. I mean, and I mean, that's the way, right? I mean, especially if you have a new core, it does take a bit of time for guys to adjust. But, you know, it, once you adjust, it, it's smooth sailing.
0: Yeah. And that's what they're probably looking at maybe doing this season, because I know that based off their roster needs and such, I think it's it might be a rough start to the season for the Provo Riverblades as well. And upon watching the first few games for the Riverblades, uh, they definitely have a lot of work to do. But again, a lot of young talent on this team. And we're going to talk about that. Let's talk about their net presence. I'm actually quite impressed with the with the guys they got in net. I'm grading them an A- on their net presence. They've got Patrick Colburn, Joe Haggerty, and Sean Cal. I'm going to guess what? Go with Cal or Gil. So this is the beginning of me slaughtering Mountain Division names. So guys, get ready for it. But he's out of Stockton, California. But yeah, they've got three American goalies in that. Colburn out of North Kingston, Rhode Island, Haggerty out of Rosemount, Minnesota. And Sean, I'm just going to go with Sean out of Stockton, California. And I think based off their stats and what we can find on them, I think this is a pretty solid goalie core. And they have stood up strong their first couple games.
1: Yeah, and I mean, they've got, it makes me laugh, it's almost like they have a prototype goalie they like. Each of their goalies are six feet, uh, other than uh, Sean, you know, and that's weighing 176 pounds, everyone else is 170 pounds. It makes me laugh, like they almost, uh, they look for a specific goalie, and they basically got three of them.
0: <laughs> yeah, and they've actually performed quite well despite the scores. They've stood strong in that and I know as a goalie myself, sometimes these types of losses can be confidence killers. But if any of them are listening, I, I think they've played strong so far. It's just a matter of putting the team in front of you together and such. And so that's what we're going to move into now with their defense. Along the blue line right now, they're struggling to get a more player signed than I'm aware of. But they've got Carlo out of Cincinnati, Ohio, Deck out of Saskatoon, Tillipaw out of Calgary, and Wasil out of Belvedere, Illinois. I'm going to rate their current setup as a B minus. They've got some great defensive players in here, but they still need a couple, man.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when we're looking at this, I see the, the four guys and, you know, you're kind of, you're going to run your guys pretty thin. I'm not sure if they're running forwards in the back end or how they're going to fill that role, but, uh, um, you know, I see here they got a couple of Canadians, one from Saskatoon, one from Alberta. So, you know, those are both kind of probably hardworking guys from you know the players I've coached that come from that area. So I'm sure that they're they're feeling comfortable with what they have, but obviously with four guys there, they've got to add. You know, hopefully maybe another you know four guys so that way you got a couple guys in case of injury.
0: Yeah, and it looks like even Marcus Glenn, he's one of their forwards right now, but he's also a defensive player. Santa out of Santaquin, Utah somebody might be able to backfill on the defense right now until they sign a couple more players. But yeah, right now, B minus. Now with the forwards, again, they need a couple forwards and they need some firepower. But they've got some strong talent on this team, specifically Higgins. I, I looked at his his stats. He's out of Kamas, Utah. He looks, he's young. I think he's the youngest player on this team. He's only 16 years old. But I would be on the lookout for him. I think he might have a really strong season and we'll see as the season moves along. But they've got Blevins, Bodnar, Bukas, Sejka. Glenn, Grano, Higgins, Lazaro, Muir, and Neely. they got to build up a little bit more of their offense, get some more players added to it, and uh, and see where it goes. Right now, I'm going to rate their forward core as a C+. They're missing some strong pieces, and once they get those pieces, I mean, who knows? They could be the Provo of last year and
1: scare the hell out of everybody. Yeah, and I mean, talking about scaring the hell out of everybody, I mean, that Marcus Glenn player, you know, 6'5", 220, um, you know, that's a scary forward, and that's an even scary defenseman. So, you know, if guys <laughs> are chipping pucks in the corners, I think, uh, you know, I'm chipping away from him.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So that's where we're at with Provo, and we're going to stay in Utah, and we're going to head to the Utah Outliers. Uh, kind of same thing. They just need, a, I think, a couple more pieces, not a ton. Uh, I still think they need a depth goalie. The the two goalies they got right now are really good. But if one of them get injured, man, that's, that's dangerous. So I still think they might be on the lookout for a goaltender, I'd imagine. But right now in net, they've got Garrett Elderman and Marco Foschetti and Elderman out of Raleigh, North Carolina, and Marco Foschetti out of Italy. I give their goaltending core right now a B- because they still need a piece, at least a piece. But depending on what Utah's looking for, this could be a really strong
1: goaltending core if they find another really strong goalie. Yeah, absolutely and like you said, they've got I like kinda of having that international there. It's kind of a you know, that's kinda of cool story from a guy coming from Italy and play here. I don't know obviously his backstory if he's been living in the States most of his life and or what that is there, but again, you know they got some two decently big goalies with Elderman being six two hundred seventy four and Marco being five eleven. So you got some some guys on the in the bigger end. So I know I think that they're they just got to build a little confidence, like you said, maybe get a third goalie there in case of emergency. Maybe they have one they're just not on the roster yet. But again, like you said, I think they're they're gonna have a pretty solid back end there. Yeah, I agree.
0: Now, speaking of back end here, defense, I might actually let you announce they're the defensive players because most of them are Canadian, and I think I'm just going to slaughter most of their names. I don't see one American defenseman on their team.
1: No, this is a very uh, kind of from all over the place here. So, um, you know, we got we got in, in defense here, and, and what I like about this is they're they're, pretty, they're old in the back end, right, with a couple of threes, three oh ones, and an oh two. So they got Magnus Anderson, Braden Hecko. Oh, this is a good one. I see why you left this to me. Kai Nevis. <laughs> Stothert, Stothert. Again, I'm really sorry for that one. That that's that one's on me. Helvis, Rujas, I think. I think I nailed that one. So uh, if you're listening, Latvian, let me know. The Latvian, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Alexander Schlepp, Jacob Saran, and Caden Whaley. Like you said, there's there's no Americans in the back end, which is I find kind of weird, especially for the for the league, but kind of an international back end there.
0: Yeah, and it's actually really good blue line. I've given them an A minus based off their blue line. I think they got a really, like you said, an older. Defensive core, a strong defensive core there. And I just think it's super weird that none of them are American, but, you know, they're picking the right players. And, yeah, I think I'm, I'm really impressed with their uh, defense.
1: Yeah, I mean, when we talk about, you know, big guys that kind of intimidate guys, I mean, Ruzah's there. Uh, he's six seven, two hundred and sixteen 216 pounds. I mean, <sighs> he passes the eye test, that's for sure. So, you know, when he comes off the bus uh, and you see Sadina chair in the lineup, you're probably a little scared. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, I'm I'm not messing with him jumping on the ice that's for sure. But uh Fords. So with Fords right now I'm giving them a B plus. I still think they could probably at least afford at least another forward on this roster and they're probably looking for it. But uh yeah, with their Fords, they've got Barassa out of Richmond Hill, Ontario, Geffert out of Tampa, Florida, Crestman out of North Barrington, Illinois, McHugh out of Plano, Texas, Morris out of Nottingham, Great Britain. Norman out of Huntsville, Ontario. O'born out of Norwell, Massachusetts. Schwab out of Lake Villa, Illinois. Tessier out of Adrie, Alberta. Ertis out of Riverside, Illinois. And Williams out of West Bloomfield, Michigan. Really a good forward core here. I'm giving them a B plus, but I'm looking at guys like McHugh, O'born, Ertis and Williams. I think they're really going to be the stand players. On the roster this year, Ertis again, played with Provo last year and he's moved on to Utah for this season. He was really impressive with Provo last year. You know, great pickup there by Utah, bringing him over to the outliers. Otherwise, a really good, impressive forward core. And I think if they get maybe at least one more piece to that forward core, maybe a couple, this could be a really scary offense.
1: Yeah, I agree. You know, I see in the league sometimes having, you know, an older player definitely helps. And, and I mean, you know, they've got a, a couple 18-year-olds, but they you know, mostly 19, 20-year-olds on the front end. So, you know, they've got some veteran presence there. So, you know, I, I think they'll do just fine.
0: Yeah. And when, when you look at them compared to like Provo, Provo has an average age of 18 years, 0.06, whereas uh, Utah has an average age of 18.75. So they're almost at the 19-year-old level. And uh, yeah, that's uh, it does make a
1: difference. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's guys who've been a little there a little longer, you know, guys have matured in their bodies a little more. So, you know, no matter how they start the season, I think that, you know, as they build and kind of add to that roster, I think they'll be just fine.
0: If they keep filling the arena like they did last night, uh, or at least we're recording this on Monday, September 27th, and I was watching their game on Sunday. But if they can fill the arena like that, I think maybe it wasn't maybe it was Friday night. But if they can fill the arena like they did for their home opener, oof, that's going to be a fun crowd to play in front of. Let's move into NOCO. So NOCO, Net Presence, I'm giving them a B. Uh, They've got a couple great pieces in here. They got Charles-Anthony Barbeau out of St. Remy, Quebec. They got Haglund out of Prior Lake, Minnesota. Palmer out of Sandy, Utah. He's a very recent addition. And then uh, Charles-Oliver Plouffe, is that correct? Yep.
1: Hey, there we go.
0: Out of St. Lambert, Quebec. Is that St. Lambert or St. Lembe?
1: It's probably St. Lambert, We'll let we'll we'll slide here.
0: <laughs> oh, French-Canadian names. I'm always going to slot them. But, yeah, I'm giving their goaltending core right now. be really impressed with what they got here and really with what they've done so far this season. Let's see what more they can do. Moving on to their blue liners, they got a bunch of blue liners here. They got Alps out of Timmins, Colorado. Brown out of Calgary, Alberta. DiCarlo out of Cincinnati. Fortin out of just Quebec. Uh, Fry Fogle out of Chatham, Ontario. Heidergott out of... Tularide, Colorado. Nevik out of Homer, Alaska. And it looks like his brother out of Anchorage, Alaska, unless they're cousins. We'll see. And then Wams out of Petrolia, Ontario. I'm pretty confident saying they're brothers. I think they were talking about that during the uh, during one of the recent broadcasts. But – I give their blue line an A minus. I think it's a really good blue line. They've got some really talented players. Obviously, the Freifogel brothers, because we'll talk about his brother as a forward here moving forward. Really impressive players. Fortin has really impressed me with his play so far. Yeah, I'm just really impressed with Nooko.
1: Yeah, I mean, they've built their roster. I mean, they're not a team looking for guys. I mean, every team's always looking for an extra guy, you know, like a, a stud defenseman, stud forward, star goalie, whatever it is. You're always looking for that. But. Right now, how they've built their team, they're set like they could go into a season right now, have a few injuries, and still be fine at the blue line.
0: Yeah. I mean it's it's a solid blue line. When we talk about their forwards, I'm giving their forward core a B plus. Just missed my A minus rating by like seven one hundredth of a point. So they get a B plus. But They've got Bedard out of, oh, God, Quebec. I'm just going to say Quebec. (laughs) (laughs) Bedard out of uh, wherever, Quebec. Brink out of Greeley, Colorado. Doris out of Steamboat Springs, Colorado. Fry Fogle out of Wyoming, Ontario. Landers out of Memphis, Tennessee. Lange? Lange out of Gatineau, Quebec. Is that correct? Lange? Lange? Lange out of Gatineau, Quebec. That was That was close mccullough out of greenfield park quebec see i could pronounce that place in quebec moore out of cheyenne wyoming o'reilly out of wichita kansas Petina out of swift current saskatoon pickle out of cheyenne wyoming pittsman out of homer alaska southern out of old alberta Sudolov out of Tallinn, estonia weingard out of Latvia, louisiana and weston out of homer alaska offensively speaking they've got a lot of guys really looking at their stats i'm Definitely going to be watching for guys like Doris, Moore, Pittsman, and Weingartner this season. I think they, you know, their stats kind of speak out. But again, these are stats. Some guys can have really strong seasons and fade away. Other guys might come out of nowhere and, you know, a guy could just shock the hell out of me and just have a hell of a year. You just never know, man. It's hockey. It's sport. That's what we love about it.
1: Yeah, and and, you know I'm going to just give a a round of applause to the equipment staff on this team for having to put these last names both in length and in letters on the back of these jerseys. I mean, that must have been a 40-hour week by itself. So, you know, round of applause to you guys and girls. I think...
0: I think they're still working on it. I only see a couple of guys with names on their, uh, on their jerseys so far. And I think they're X jerseys as well. I think both Ogden and Noko. I think, uh, again, Noko is sponsored by X jerseys or Jersey X. And yeah, really good looking jerseys again this season with Noko. I like the color. I like the kind of gold pop on the front. They've done well there. But yeah, also really impressed with their forward line.
1: I mean, obviously we throw a joke, but again, it's, 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 you know, the number of forwards they have and w- what we can tell by the talents from their stats and you know, a good, strong upfront. So you know, I feel like they're going to, once they gel and start clicking, I think they're going to be a pretty scary team.
0: Yeah, they definitely show glimpses of that. That first game for them was not that strong, but they've slowly but surely crept back into the season. Now they're obviously they're two and four, I believe, right now. But it's early in the season. It's a good team. It's a good core of a team. They have a lot of attorneys from last year, and yeah, I'm I'm expecting a lot out of Noko this season. I think they could be finishing right up near the top like they did last year. It's not a team you can overlook. I think you know they're going to be really good this season. Moving down to a little bit more south in Colorado, we head to Pueblo and we look at their net. Now, net presence, I'm giving them a B minus. They've got Cade Corbin, and I know he's a good friend and ex teammate of our buddy Jack Jones. And I'm never going to try to pronounce the town he's from in Russia. So I'm not going for that, but just going to say Cade Corbin (laughs) out of Russia. And then you got Lambert out of Colorado Springs, Colorado, and Lantuk out of Moscow, Russia. So I think they've got a really good net presence. I'm giving him a B minus. I like going back and forth with Cade Corbin on Twitter. He seems like a good kid. And again, he, he's at one point a teammate with Jack Jones. I like what they got in
1: that. Yeah, I mean I think they did it well. They've got, you know, a twenty year old in took, um, you know, out of Russia. And I don't know who's kinda of started obviously that's gonna kind of all depend who wins the battles and all that kind of things, but you know, they have a twenty year old back there with a couple eighteen year olds, you know, someone to kind of mentor the younger guys there and kinda of help them through. So I think that's a really good setup. I don't think they've
0: actually played a game yet so far this season. That's, I've watched every team in the Mountain Division so far but Pueblo. I think they had a game delayed last week, and I don't know what the issues are. But yeah, it's the only team I haven't actually seen hit the ice this year, so I'm excited to finally see this team hit the ice. But in order to do that, uh, I guess the rink's got to be available. But looking at their defensive core, I'm giving their defensive core a B plus. They've got Cottle out of Eagle River, Alaska. Evanson out of Castle Pines, Colorado; Gibson out of Colorado Springs, Colorado; McMenamin out of Pueblo, Colorado; Petty out of Salmon Arm, British Columbia; Stecco out of Thunder Bay, Ontario; and Williams out of South Leone, Michigan. So, yeah, I think this is a pretty, uh, pretty solid
1: defense. So B plus. Yeah, absolutely. No, so they have a hometown kid there on the team, so that's always a plus for you know the fans and you know everyone else really in the community. Yeah, McMenamin, and
0: I'm hoping I said your name right. That's a fun name. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, looking at their Fords, I'm giving the Fords right now a B. Uh, you've got Abrego out of Anchorage, Alaska. Ames out of Spokane, Washington. I couldn't find anything online about Ames, so it was really hard to kind of give him a grade. Arndt out of Fort Collins, Colorado. Daniel's out of Anchorage, Alaska. Dobson out of St. Benoit, Quebec. St. Benoit, Quebec? St. Benoit. Ah, okay, St. Benoit, Quebec. Gregor out of Czech Republic. Hood out of Spokane, Washington. Hornbarger, who's just American. Uh, Kemlev out of Ukraine, Legault. There we go. Legault to St. Jerome, Quebec. Yeah, you nailed that one. Nice. Markham out of Anchorage, Alaska. Sousie out of, oh, got it. Okay, more Quebec boys. Uh, go for it.
1: Uh, I believe this one is Digilay. There we go. <laughs> Digilay, Quebec. Uh,
0: St. Ange, uh, standout from last season. You know, not stunned. He's a captain season. He might have, I don't was he the captain last season? I have to think back. He might have been the captain last season. But, uh, I mean, he just stood out last year. He's out of Quebec City. Solzak out of Omaha, Nebraska. And Turcotte out of Terrebonne, Quebec. Is it Terrebonne? Yep. Ah, Yeah, I'm getting slightly better. I <laughs> But, okay, man, a lot of Quebec boys on this team. That, uh, oh, it's going to be rough calling their games this season.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, again, they've got a pretty big roster. So, never know. Maybe they'll do you a favor in any games that you get to watch. They'll take the Quebec boys out so you don't have to try to say their names. Maybe. Maybe. But,
0: well, as uh, long as they're not scoring a lot, <laughs> then I don't have to say their names. <laughs> but, but based and, off of what I'm seeing, uh, they're, they're probably going to be scoring a lot. I mean, the guys that stand up to me on this roster are Kemlev, Markham,
1: and of course, San I mean, he, just, he was just an all-star to watch last year. And you know what? And I'm going to say this out there, and if, if those the Quebec boys are listening, fait job très dur, puis fait beaucoup de And uh, they'll know what that means. And you know what? I'll actually tell you. I basically just told them that do their jobs, fill the net, and make your job hard by having to say their names
0: hopefully they all do have excellent seasons and hopefully they get to hear me struggle saying their names all year <laughs> or or i hear enough of their goals being called and i'm like oh so that's how you say it it's not herbert it's hey bear you know stuff like that then i can eventually figure it out but yeah otherwise if they do keep scoring all those goals what i'd be like tabernak
1: <laughs> yeah that's that that could be one word you could use yes <laughs>
0: it's like oh hell well whatever but uh we're gonna wrap up this podcast with talking about the Ogden Mustangs. And so let's let's just jump right into what they're doing this offseason. So they got in net, I'm giving them an A minus. I think what they built in that is fantastic. You got Sir Duke, Striplin, and Tarantino. And man have these guys been on fire.
1: Yeah, congrats to Trey. If he does stick there, I mean, that's obviously the goal, right? Move on, move up, go to better, bigger things and, you know, keep working. But uh, even if he doesn't come back down, I mean, they're pretty solid nets. And if he does come back down, I think they're just so like, absolutely solidified.
0: Yeah, because I'm giving him A- minus right now. I actually read it out his name because I'm like, technically he's not here right now. But if he does, who knows what that grade could look like. But A A- in net with Hirschfield not being counted against my ratings here. But, man, they've got a really awesome Group of goalies this year. They had a great group last year, and I'm really excited about the group they have this year. Talking about their blue line, again another A minus. I think they have a lot of returning players, and by returning players, I mean there's only one new face on the blue line, and that's Luke Foss, and he's been amazing to watch play so far. So you add him alongside Boldway out of California. Oh, Foss is out of Eagle, Idaho. Hawks out of San Diego, California, Heller out of Marysville, PA, Jensen out of Millsville, Utah, Jack Jones, the Waconia Wizard out of Minnesota, and Zito, the local Salt Lake City product. And again, another previous interviewee on this podcast. But you look at this defensive core, I mean, they brought back everybody and then added yet another tool.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I think I'd go as bold as saying I think this is the best defensive core Maybe even in the league, just just from already being there and, and working together and kind of understanding each other. Uh, and I also do want to point out that uh, your Minnesota accent came out when you said Minnesota.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I lived near Canada long enough, and I've yeah, I've, I, I like pulling out that Minnesota, you know, uh, the, the talk there, and you know, but uh, but no, I dude, seriously, this defense is. This, it's a sick defense, so they're going to be a hard team to get past this year if they keep up the strong play. Looking at their forwards, again another A minus. I think they put together a hell. I mean, they've honestly Coach Kenny and Coach Dryer really worked hard this off season putting together this this core. This you know bringing back all the players they did and then finding this additional talent. Because I'm telling you what, guys like Alonzo and Mater, man, if they stood out. But let's talk about who they have on offense. They've got Alonzo out of Bonnie Lake, Washington. Kathy out of Boise, Idaho. Samino out of Colorado Springs, Colorado. Herrera out of Brentwood, California. Azadi out of Bueno Park, California. Seth Jones out of Boise, Idaho. Lawton out of Calgary, Alberta. Mader out of Anaheim Hills, California. Jake Meir out of Fremont, California. Bryce Miller out of Murray, Utah. Falzer out of Corfu, New York. Schmakov out of Moscow, Russia. Thorstad out of Mesa, Arizona. Yersillo out of Boise, Idaho. Vashko out of Vilnius, Lithuania. And Voyatsis out of Fountain Valley, California. I'm telling you, man, looking at the guys on this roster again Alonzo, Herrera, Mader, Meir, Vashko. I think they're going to be standouts again this season, but you never know again, right? So there's a lot of talent on this Ogden Mustangs offense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and I think what they did a good job as well is kind of mixing up the ages, right? They've got a bunch of 20-year-olds, but they've also got a couple 17-year-olds, 18-year-olds, you know, just to kind of be in the mix there. And and again, that's just kind of taking those 20, 19-year-old guys that you have there and getting them to help them teach basically the Ogden Mustang way. And, you know, if guys move on next year, well, those guys are there to kind of pass on that to the next group of guys. So I think they did a really good job building this roster.
0: Yeah, and I think that's something we talked about. It was probably, at what, on the last previous podcast, where we talked about when you bring back a core of guys, which several of these teams have done, I think Utah brought back seven. I'd have to count how many Northern Colorado and Pueblo bought back. Again, they kind of got to reestablish a culture out there in Provo, but it's completely, completely do that. Provo is an awesome place to go to. And yeah, I think that building that culture for a team and having those returnees and like you said, having that balance of age groups and age ranges in there. Uh, Allows you to
1: continue a culture and continue a winning culture. Yeah, and that's exactly it, right? It's always about kind of. Obviously, as a coach, you always want to teach your culture and kind of bring guys in and kind of feel how things are going to work. But, you know, when you have a bunch of returning players, it's a lot easier to do that.
0: Yeah, it it is. And hey, I hope you all liked this Mountain Division analysis. This is our first junior analysis so far on this podcast. You know, we like the the Mountain Division of the USPHL. We watch it a lot. I try to get in all the action I can for the division. So if you're one of the teams that I normally don't communicate with, because I know that we have a pretty strong relationship right now with uh, the Agua Mustangs and the Noko Eagles. And I hopefully something's building with Pueblo, but really have no communication with uh, Utah or Provo. They want to reach out. They can feel free to reach out. We'd love to learn more about their teams and their players and, and what they're building within their organizations. But, yeah, it's it's an awesome division, in my opinion, the best division in the USPHL. It's an exciting division. It's a strongly competitive division. There wasn't one smack around team last year, which just seems like every other division in the USPHL has one or two teams that is just kind of there to be beat for Whatever, rebuilding purposes or whatever, but the Mountain Division didn't have that last year. It looked like Provo was going to be that team, and then they came out and they scared the the crap out of everyone at the second half of the season and lost one game in the second half. That's unreal. So there isn't a beatdown team in this division last year, and I I don't really see that happening this year. So gonna be an exciting division to watch. Again, all that USPHL action is exciting to watch. USHL action is exciting to watch. NOL is exciting to watch, and I'm very excited to see what happens in the EOJHL this weekend. I'll be able to watch Live Man. Good luck to you and your Carlton Place Canadians.
1: Yeah, thanks. I'm really looking forward to it and obviously a busy week, but uh, an exciting week.
0: It will be. It'll be a busy and exciting week, and I'll be judging whatever you're wearing on the bench, so just know that I will be tweeting at you while you can't check your phone.
1: So right, don't, don't worry about it. I actually went out and bought a brand-new suit. So uh, I won't be able to wear it against Perth. Perth's mainly blue. I don't want to wear a blue suit, but against Athens, I'm just saying, look out. It can be very sharp.
0: Okay, okay. I'm definitely going to do that. I'll, I'll be tweeting at you, see what you look like in that new sharp suit. But uh, we do want to thank all of you listeners for tuning in. So be sure to follow us on Twitter at PHHOfficial. Let us so know what you think. And also be sure to comment and share any upcoming games or hockey news we should cover in a future podcast. This was the Pigeon Hockey Podcast with Christian Sebastian. Thanks for listening. And remember, always clear your crease.